A native of Dallas, Texas, Emmanuel is currently entering his senior year studying social work at Franciscan University of Steubenville. In his teen years, Emmanuel pursued the world's ideas of freedom, especially in regard to same-sex attraction. Now he seeks to share his own personal testimony about the goodness and freedom found in living the Catholic Church teachings on homosexuality through abstinence and chastity. You can find Emmanuel's ministry through his online presence on Instagram, his blog, as well as a YouTube channel, all found in the show notes of this episode. This is a Know His Love Story. So it's kind of <laughs> ironic, but I would say actually a majority of my life um, thus far, um, leading up to my reversion back to the faith, was a lot of that. Um, growing up um, as a young Catholic boy who came to realize that he was attracted to other men, um, that really strained my relationship with God. Um, I began to grow just in this deep hatred for God, for the church, um, towards others and ultimately towards myself um, because of the fact that I thought, you know, God had um, had done this to me on purpose. God was a mean God. He had, you know, doomed me for this life of misery and loneliness that the church was calling me to that didn't sound appealing. I wanted no part of, but this was apparently my only option. And I was mad. I was angry. I was frustrated. And so these um, negative, this negative perspective towards God and towards the Lord and towards his church um, just dis- distanced me. And through that and throughout um, my middle school years, high school years and into college, you know, when I really came to just embrace my same sex attractions and act upon them and just, you know, dive into the LGBT plus community and that culture, um, it just became more and more emptying, I would say. And, um, you know, I, I do emphasize that I wouldn't say I was miserable because obviously sin, if sin was miserable, nobody would be committing it. Like, you know, it feels good in the moment. It's temporary pleasure. But I wasn't joyful. I didn't experience joy himself. I didn't know Jesus. Um, and so it was all temporary, it was fleeting. And, you know, until we live a life in alignment with the creator, we will never be, you know, St. Augustine, we will never be at peace until we rest in him. And so I wasn't at peace. It was always a constant hunger and just starving for the next high, for the next fix, for the next guy that I can, that I could get attention from, for the next party that I could go to. Um, and that's not, that's not, a peaceful, um, good way to live. I was constantly just, um, unstable in my happiness. And I felt that disconnect. I did. I I felt it throughout my adolescence and my teen and college years. Um, because of the fact that I didn't want anything to do with God and, you know, he's a gentleman. So he didn't force himself into my life. He didn't force himself into my heart. Um, he allowed me to make those decisions for myself because I have free will and um, it weighed on me. And I felt, I felt that weight on my heart until I came back to the church and was eventually um, just encountered his love and got to encounter the freedom in that. Um, So with my reversion, um, coming back to the faith, um, God's love became personal in a lot of different ways to me. Um, I would say The first one that comes to mind is through other people, God made his love very apparent to me um, because, you know, reverting back to the faith from 
the background that I was coming from. So from, you know, the LGBT plus community, from um, a past of, you know, deep sexual sin and um, just deep habitual sin, I was expecting to be received with, you know, condemnation and judgment and all these things that I had heard about Christians and about the church, right? Um, but instead, I was really just received with just tenderness and sensitivity and compassion. And if God used, you know, clergy, he used different priests in my life. He used brothers and sisters um, around me online, in person, my family. He used different people in my life to really not only dispel that lie um, that I was putting over myself, that I wasn't worthy, that I wasn't good enough, that I was too dirty for the church, too dirty for his love. He not only dispelled that, but on the contrary, he really just began to replace that with the authentic truth of you are good, you are worthy, you are enough, um, you are free, you are loved. Um, And so through the love of other people, and I still to this day encounter Jesus a lot of times through other people, seeing his face through a stranger, seeing his face through someone that I'm able to minister to, seeing his face through clergy, um, you know, Jesus he's alive in each and every one of us and being able to meet him in another person and allow him to love me through other people is a really profound way that he I've encountered his love. Um, so yeah, I would say that main embrace from the body of Christ herself has been a huge, played a huge role in just discovering God's love. Um, I would say also just through the freedom that he has given me, um, and the graces that he's equipped me with, um, throughout my journey, um, these past almost three years of living back in the church, because I couldn't, you know, the more and more I live, um, my life, I realized like I couldn't have done any of this. I can't do any of this on my own. It is from him and through him. And so being able to recognize that and acknowledge that is a way that I am able to acknowledge his love because clearly he loves me enough to not only have pulled me out of the grave that I was in, but also to have at, like equip me. He didn't just pull me out of the grave, but then he equipped me with where to go next and how to walk with him. And he, you know, I have that Simon of Cyrene. I have someone carrying my cross with me. And so for the graces that he's given me through that as well has been a huge way that I've been able to just really recognize like, wow, Jesus really loves me because I would not be where I am today. And I would not be going where I'm going if he didn't have a at least an ounce of care for me. So clearly the Lord loves me a lot through that. Um, And then there's also different other ways I encounter him through nature. I love just uh, the sunlight, especially it's very cliche, but um, just the tangible, like the beams of light coming through the window and the warmth of the sun, especially when I'm in prayer, it's like really beautiful. And I feel the Lord through that. Um, Yeah. And again, just through little different ways, music, praise, um, the sacraments, the Eucharist, um, adoration, I think is especially a time where I'm really able to encounter Jesus and just sit in the presence of him and just be submerged into his love. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a multitude of things because his love is so complex that we can't just pinpoint it to one specific, (laughs) you know, thing, but yeah. Yeah. What does it mean to me to be a beloved child of God? Um, I would say from just my own experience to be a beloved child of God um, means to be vulnerable with the father um, in the sense of not being afraid to become childlike, not being afraid to 
humble ourselves to see God as Abba and to see ourselves as son, as daughter, and to sit at his lap and bring him our struggles, bring him our anxieties, bring him our worries, bring him our fears, um, and place them at the foot of the altar and really just present those to him and allow him to to pierce those. Um, and also to sit at his lap, not only through our troubles, but also through our victories and through the goodness in life as well. Um, I think just overall putting ourselves in that perspective as a child and sitting at the, the father's lap and being unafraid to just be real, be vulnerable, be personal, be genuine, and just present ourselves to the father um, in our entirety. And to allow him to speak into that and um, just speak truth into that and allow him to show us um, how he sees us and ask him for his eyes to be able to see ourselves as we, as he sees us. Um, I think that that ultimately is what it means to be a beloved son, to be a beloved daughter, um, is to see ourselves through the lens of the father and see ourselves not um, based on our struggles, not to define ourselves based on our weaknesses or our achievements or our accomplishments or our attractions or anything else. Um, but to see ourselves exactly as God sees us, which is um, fearfully and wonderfully made, um, cherished, loved enough, and good. One of my favorite ways that God shows me his personal love in my life is definitely through other people. Um, just recognizing Jesus' face in the face of my friends, my family, strangers on the street, priests, um, sisters. Um, Jesus loves me very well through other people and through the relationships that I have with people, especially um, the close relationships I have, because I'm able to just encounter that just unconditional um, sacred love of the father um, of just feeling and seeing that, you know, being reminded of my worth, being reminded of my goodness, I'm constantly just being rooted um, and also I have people who are honest too. So I'm able to also be held accountable. I'm able um, to just encounter the fullness of Jesus' love, which is not only, you know, compassionate and kind, but also truthful and calling us onto something greater. Um, so I would say through people, it's definitely one way that the father, especially on a daily basis, because every day I'm encountering different people, whether it's through my ministry, whether it's um, through just, you know, going to the grocery store, going to a conference, going to, you know, just talking to my parents or to my siblings, my friends. Um, I always have something new to learn each day and something new to receive. And there's just an ever flowing river of love coming through those around me. So that's definitely one way that I encounter the father's love that I personally enjoy because I love people. Um, a second way would definitely be yeah, again, through, I think the Eucharist, I, the Eucharist is something that I hold very dear to my heart because it is just a tangible um, sign of the Father's love of Jesus' sacrifice for us. Um, and whenever I can get myself to an adoration chapel or <laughs> to somewhere where I can receive Jesus, then I, I try my best to do so because there is nothing like being fed, you know, that tangible body of Christ. Um and being able to receive him physically into our bodies that way and let him nourish our heart in that way. Um, especially Eucharistic adoration, because in that silence of sitting there in prayer, we're really able to hear the father's voice because we're no longer speaking, we're listening. And I find oftentimes, especially on campus at Franciscan, 
that that little por- that little Porchilacula chapel, it is a sacred little place because I just will sit there again, whether I'm having a good day or bad day, just sitting there and just being like, okay, Jesus, let me receive. I'm all ears and just letting him speak to me and love me through those moments, through that prayer. Um, it's, it's piercing and it's um, edifying and it's one of the main foundations of our relationship. If I were to speak and just share God's personal love um, over someone in my life or someone from my past, I think that I would share God's personal love with all of my friends from my past who are living within the LGBT plus community. Um, and also all those that I don't know, just the LGBT plus community in general, all our brothers and sisters who are just really um, submerged into what the world tells them is good for them, what the world tells them is freeing, what the world tells them is loving. Um, as someone who has been there firsthand and who has, you know, um, embraced what the world has told me would be good. Um, there's something so much greater and there's someone so much great out there and his name is Jesus Christ. And where you can find him is in his home, uh, in his bride, the Catholic church. Um, and it, there's something so much more freeing and so much better than anything that we can receive from this world, from other people, from ourselves. Um, and that he's waiting for you, that he loves you, that you're enough, that he does not look at you as a gay man or a lesbian woman or a transgender person or however else you might define yourself, that he sees you as his beloved daughter, as his beloved son, that he's calling you to something further, something greater, that chastity is good, that chastity is freeing, and that the father is ready to just embrace you, to love on you, and to give you the strength and the grace that you need to pick up your cross and follow him, and that there is a very special seat in the throne room for you. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel's story. I would love to share your story as well. Please connect with us on social media or by clicking on the join us link at knowhis.love. Thank you.